This week on the Habs Forum, I am live from Toronto. Uh, Dustin's still in uh, in Montreal, but uh, for the first time, doing it in enemy territory, like uh, like uh, Dustin would say. So we have some actual hockey to talk about. Some, I guess, playoff hockey. Habs actually won a playoff game this year, which is not anything anyone expected. So we're obviously going to talk about that. Talk about who's performing well, who we're kind of disappointed in, and and really how we feel about watching these games at this point, considering we had pretty much already given up on on the team. Uh, aside from that, man, we've got a certain Russian player finally joined the team. He can't play, but he looked pretty good in practice. And really just general talk about how it is watching these COVID hockey games, I guess you can call them, with no fans and just extra billboards in the stands of the whole setup they have. But uh, as always, follow us on Twitter at the Habs Forum. But first, Dustin, I believe we're brought to you by someone. That's right. Still brought to you guys by Manscaped.com. Uh, check out their new line of products and their uh, their new Lawnmower 3.0. Great product that uh, that they sent us through the mail. I, I'm loving it so far. Uh, and uh, at checkout, use promo code Habs Forum for 20% off your purchase and get free shipping with that. So uh, so definitely go check them out again on Manscaped.com. All right, perfect. So definitely uh, go check that out and support us. And, you know, if you want to drop a, a little review on our uh, on the App Store, too, for the for the podcast, you can do that, too. You know, show, show a little support. We always uh, appreciate it. So but let's uh, let's get into it, Dustin. The Montreal Canadiens won an, a playoff game in 2020. Did, did you ever think that was going to happen? <laughs> I mean, maybe at the beginning of the season. Yeah, you are the eternal optimist fan, actually. I'm always optimistic. So I was thinking the Canadians were going to make the playoffs. But, uh, yeah, definitely it wasn't looking to, at least definitely not at the beginning of 2020, uh, for sure. Didn't think the Canadians would be in this position. Didn't think the world would be in this position right now. But here we are, and the Canadians won a playoff game. I don't know how I feel about the fact that we're treat we're, we're calling these playoff games. Honestly, like they they it's like they they need their own name. But the NHL has said that officially, like like for Kudkiniemi and Suzuki, like they their 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 goals count as their first ever playoff goals. Like they're and I guess especially for teams that are in the plans, like not not as much around Robins. I mean, it it is a kind of a playoff atmosphere, but it's just weird. It's just weird to me, like. They almost shouldn't count as playoff games. Like I, I don't know, but it, it has been fun to watch, honestly. And just seeing the two kids score in the first game, it was basically the perfect scenario. Like all, we, all we've talked about on the podcast is what we want to see out of these games is the kids getting some experience. And I mean, both Suzuki and Kudkiniemi scoring in the first game, you couldn't ask for more. Well, absolutely. I mean, the Canadians have four goals so far in these two games, and uh, the twenty-year-olds have three of them. So Kudkiniemi with two, Suzuki with one. Petrie, obviously, with the other one. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's obviously what you want to see. I mean, I think the one thing that, that you'd like to see more is some of the other young guys getting a chance. Um, you know, I think uh, on the fourth line, instead of having guys like Jordan Wheel and Dale Weiss, maybe give a shot to guys like Ryan Paling and especially Jake Evans, who all season long has proved that he deserved it. Got a shot with the Canadians at the end of the season. It looked pretty good. And on defense, I mean, Zevi, I love Zevi Ouellette, but he is definitely not pulling his weight right now on the third pairing. Mete has to play on the right side because Wallet is more comfortable on the left side. I mean, if I'm Claude Julien, I'm moving Mete back to the back to the left side in the third pairing and putting either Fleury or Juleson out there. I mean, I think that makes a lot more sense. And like I said, it's not like Xavier Wallet or Weiss and Wheel, for that matter, really 
doing anything at this point. Absolutely. So why not? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, re- regardless of the fact that you want veterans for the playoffs or or, or whatever, I mean, I, it's not like they're playing that well. They're playing like like if you if you use focus as winning, I still think would be a better team than those other guys. And honestly, as far as Xavier Wadet goes, I I don't I don't actually mind his game that much, but I do think we'd be better off with having the kids in there. But just for because I'm watching the games on Sportsnet, right? Because I'm in Toronto right now, so I don't actually have the French feed. I usually like to watch the French feed, but. I forget who do, is doing the play-by-play for the Cana- on the Sportsnet feed for the Canadians games, but he just cannot pronounce what its name. He just keeps <laughs> calling him Ulet, and it drives me crazy. And honestly, that is reason enough for me to want the Canadians to scratch Ouellette. I mean, it's in no way his fault, but it drives me crazy when I'm watching the games. Uh, I mean, I guess that's another reason. <laughs> he keeps calling him Ulet. Ulet. Yeah. That's not his name. It drives me insane. It, his job is to pronounce – like, uh, anyways, anyways. But despite that, I, I don't think uh, – I, I definitely agree with you. I, I'd much rather see the kids play. But, uh, but I, I feel like a lot of us, a lot of the Habs fans that maybe are more on the side of not being sure if we want them to win because we want that chance in Lafreniere, we're looking at these games as a chance to get see the kids play, right? So, like, why why waste these minutes on guys like, like Dale Weiss and – and uh, Jordan Wheel and uh, Xavier Wallet. Xavier Wallet, like he's he's going to be a fine AHL defenseman that you can call up here and there in his career. But aside from that, it's all it is. So just give those minutes to. I'd love to see Juleson get some minutes. Uh, I'd, I'd love to see, uh, like you said, Flurry and Flurry. Like you said, Evans deserved it. I think Flurry's deserved it too. I don't. I don't see why he wouldn't get to more more ice time right now. Honestly. Oh, exactly. And again, like I said, it's, it's not like they're really getting anything from these guys right now anyway. Wheel, uh, Wheel, Weiss, and, well, maybe Wellette, uh, maybe he hasn't been that bad, but I mean, certainly Weiss and Wheel are doing absolutely nothing on the floor. And, I mean, uh, you know, I think maybe Julien was hesitant in the first two games because the Penguins were the home team. So, you know, the Canadians will be the home team in the third and fourth game. They'll get the last change. So That's maybe true. That, maybe that could play into it. Uh, I know Claude Julien today said that uh, uh, he was asked by Arpin uh, Basu um, if there were going to be any changes, and he said uh, something to the effect of, "Yeah, that, that basically alluded to the fact that there that there would be some changes." He didn't go into any detail, but you'd have to think that 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 you know something's going to happen, and it would probably be you know at least one of those guys hopefully getting a shot. Uh, the, the the main change I think we're going to see though first is is Domi's going to be taken off the fourth line. I mean. Junier could say all he wants that he doesn't see it as a fourth line and that he just likes to spread the talent on. Okay, come on. Domi's playing on the fourth line. That's just, that's what it is. That's what's going on right now. And when you, if you're trying to win, it makes no sense. It makes no sense at all to have Domi there. Like, I understand he showed up late to camp and all that, but at this point, it really, if, if Junier is trying to win and he's not like just hiding the fact that he's also on team uh, Lafreniere. I don't see why you're not get, you're not putting especially without Drouin has been very disappointing. I mean, that penalty shot he had in overtime. Yeah. That's <laughs> like the icing on the Do you cake. think he wanted to score or is he on team Lafreniere? Like I don't know. I can't decide. I mean, it, it didn't look like it. I mean, he he did the move he or at least he tried to do the move that he always does in shootout. Um, you know, sort of that uh, that fake and then the backhand. Um, obviously didn't work out very well. Obviously, he's not. He doesn't have really the confidence that uh, that you know maybe he had in in the past when he's had successful moments with the Canadians. But I mean, Max Domi, you know, on the fourth line, 
Obviously, he's playing with two guys that aren't really doing a whole lot for him, Wheel and Weiss. But, I mean, I think Max Domi has played really well so far. I agree. Yeah, I mean, Domi, two years ago, or, you know, the last complete season, he was the leading scorer for the Canadians. He obviously has some, some offensive capabilities. The Canadians aren't really doing a great job of scoring here for the first two games. Uh, you know, why not put a guy, Max Domi, that's proven that he can have off- offensive success with the Canadians? Why not put him in a, ch- in, a in a position to, you know, to, to, to try and help the Canadians out offensively in the top nine? I don't know if it's because they want to keep him at center, but at this point, I'd like I'd love to see him on the wing next to Suzuki. I mean, just even just to because we've talked on this podcast before on how we we believe that maybe he's the the, the odd man out that needs to be moved. The, the way the way I, I see it, I mean, needs to be moved for a defenseman. The way I see it, we absolutely need to improve defense. But with the way Drouin is playing now, I'm wondering maybe he's the guy that should be moved for for help on, on defense. Use these games as an opportunity to see if a guy like Domi can have some chemistry with with someone like Suzuki, who's proving even more now than before. I mean, he's playing playoff hockey against the team in the NHL who's had the most stacked center position in the in, in this decade with with the Malkin and Crosby. I mean, one, one of the most stacked center positions, top two centers positions in the in the history of the NHL realistically with those two players and Suzuki's playing against these guys holding his own and looking like the best player on the Montreal Canadiens. He's proving he's a top line center. He's proving that he's more of a center than, than Domi at this point. So we got to see, can Domi play? If Domi can play on the wing next to him, that could be great. Let's try that out. Let's like, what what are we doing having Domi on the fourth line centering wheel and, and Weiss? Like, what is that helping? That's helping no one. There's no logical reason to do that right now. No, exactly. I mean, Domi, you know, and he's had success with Suzuki in the past. You know, this the earlier on this season, I mean, they, you know, they they played a little bit together um, at some point. Uh, and I mean, they, they looked really good together. Obviously, Drouin right now is is not I mean, he needs I don't know. He needs to find his confidence. He needs to find his game. I don't know exactly what's going on with him. But I mean, Domi has looked really good so far. I don't see why you wouldn't put him, you know, maybe maybe Cloutier does want to put him at center. But I mean, I think at this point, the, the best chance for the Canadians to win is going to be with him on left wing beside Nick Suzuki and Nick Suzuki like you said I mean he's been he's been really good I mean the first game I think he was the best player aside from Carey Price the absolutely the absolutely the best player on, on the team I mean someone who actually had a surprisingly rough game uh was Danu uh who, who who is the player you would think we would need to to kind of perform to keep those two centers in check so he he's gotten a few penalties I and mean, overall these first two games he hasn't looked like the usual kind of steady, like solid center he is. And and I feel like Suzuki's had to step up because of that. And has he? Like, oh my God, he's been amazing. And he's being put in these situations, Suzuki, where like taking important face-offs uh, late, late in the game or late in the period in the offensive or defensive position. Like you can see that Junior's trust in him is just growing and growing and growing. To, to, to see that from a 20-year-old, I mean – he is constantly surpassing what my expectations were going to be for him. At this one, I, I just I just don't know how good can this kid be, honestly. He, he's so impressive to me. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he, he just keeps getting better and better every single game. And, I mean, like you said, I mean, he's already shattered the ceiling that I thought he had. Yeah. I mean, when he first came to the Canadians. Wasn't really expecting much out of him this season. Wasn't really even expecting him to make the Montreal Canadiens at the beginning. And obviously, I mean, though, you know, he's he's been the best player for the Canadiens aside from maybe, well, no, even better than Carey Price probably, you know, since the beginning of the season. So I mean, he's definitely been a bright spot, and like you said, he just keeps getting more and more. A, a beginning of the season, yeah. For the playoffs, I still think Price has been 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought. I mean, Nick Suzuki. Like the first game, I think he was amazing. Like last night, or yeah, yeah, last night. I thought he had a couple of bad moments, but I mean, I think that's. Yeah, I would agree with that. He didn't stand up, stand out as much in the second game. That that was. I mean, honestly, we the 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 team played a lot better in the in in the first game. I, I would say overall. Game two, that was entirely Carey Price keeping the Canadians in the game. That that that's a game that that that's a game. Watching it, game one, we went in overtime to get a little excited. Now we're like, oh, maybe we do want to make these playoffs. Maybe we want to go on a bit of a run. And then like Carey Price is looking good. Maybe we can like skate with these teams. Game two showed us that no, not at all. We cannot compete with these teams. We are not on the same level. And the only way we have a chance is if Price plays out of his mind which he did, and it still wasn't enough. I mean, game two really, to me, justified that we, we kind of need to lose these games and, and and go get some reinforcement through the draft. Yeah, exactly. I mean, maybe they can, you know, pull up the upset here against the Penguins in a best-of-five series, but, yeah, I don't think they're constantly going to be able to compete with, uh, you know, I mean, some of the better teams, you know, that they might have to face eventually, like, you know, teams like Toronto, teams like, uh, I mean, who else? Who else is some of the better teams? Well, Tampa well, Bay. Tampa Bay. and Just teams with the firepower that the Canadians just don't have. And if we do upset them, it's going to be all on – because you can tell. like The most frustrating thing to, for me watching these games is it's reminding me how great Carey Price is and can be. But yeah. in today's NHL, a goaltender can't do it on his own. It just it doesn't really happen anymore where a goaltender can steal a whole series or a whole cup run for for a team. You need a solid team around them. But Carey Price is an elite goaltender that we're kind of wasting his prime years. I I don't think it's going to happen this year, but we really need to make a push. The, the team needs to make a push to be more competitive starting next year. Because how many seasons does he have left under his belt, Carey Price, where he he's going to be as as good as he's looking right now? Yeah, he's about to turn 33. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, he's, I think he's still got a couple of years ahead of him. Um, you know, I mean, we've seen, you know, NH like some of the best NHL goalies be really good in their later years too. I mean, guys like obviously Patrick Waugh, Mar- Martin Radar, Dominic Hasek, Ed Belfour. You know, I mean, they they played late, you know, in, into their 30s and still had quite a bit of success. For sure, for sure. And I'm confident Price will be that type of goalie too. He, He's a great position goalie, positional goalie, and all that stuff. So I think it will be solid later in this year. But you, you still want to start feeling those competitive teams for him, you know? G- give him a proper shot of making a run for a cup. Yeah, and I mean, you know, I mean, obviously there's a lot of young players coming up in the system, uh, you know, with a lot of potential. But, yeah, you definitely like to see the Canadians make some moves, some meaningful moves in the next, uh, you know, hopefully in the next year or two that can put them in a position to maybe – really compete obviously i mean it's it's going to be tough in the eastern conference especially in their division they have a lot of great teams you know like tampa bay boston toronto so it's going to be hard to catch up to some of those teams but i mean if they can uh, you know if they make a couple of moves and i mean they definitely have the assets to do it you know i think uh, they should definitely pull the trigger and I, I actually feel like we're closer to being able to have a strong team with the progression of a guy like Suzuki. Because the way he's looking right now, if he continues to develop as a top six center, like like it's looking, I'm starting to feel a bit better about that. And then Kotkaniemi has looked really good here, too. Yeah, you, you can tell he's put he put in work during this kind of during season, off season. His skating looks better. I mean, he's already got two goals. And I, I, I love that his two goals are just one just bounced off his chest basically and went in the goal and the other one same general position rebound 
tucks it in. They, they weren't the prettiest goal. I mean, obviously, the Suzuki's goal was an amazing kind of top-shelf goal. But it's just showing that he's in the right position. He, he knows where he needs to be, and he's working for his goals. Like, I'm seeing these these two young kids that we need to progress are progressing. Well, it's in those early years when they – with all these teams that went on runs with the, the young players, they won these cups – when the players were still younger and like didn't cost as much on 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 the cap and all that, you have to build around those types of guys, right? We're still missing so many pieces on defense, but I don't think we're that far. A few key trades, and this team could really be competitive, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think you know if they could add you know, potentially that left-handed defenseman, uh, or you know maybe two, uh, maybe you know a solid winger two that they can sort of round out that top nine. I mean, you know, they're they're really not that far off. I mean. You know, it's 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 obviously a lot easier said than done to get those pieces, but but again, I mean, the Canadians have so many draft picks, so many young prospects, um, you know, p- pretty coveted prospects as well. So I mean, obviously, you don't want you don't want to move too many of them, but you know, for the right price, I mean, I think it it's definitely possible for Bergevin to uh, to make a couple of moves and then and, uh, and put this team in a in a position to succeed. So so now, like, how what what do we feel like with because. I feel so conflicted watching these games. Like, I barely cheered when Petrie scored. I, I was excited, but I was like, is this what I want? Part of me watching the game was like, okay, the two kids scored. Perfect. Now we can lose, and that's like the best-case scenario, basically. I just – after this game, it's I, I hate feeling like I feel like they should lose, but it's kind of what I feel like. There's no way we're winning. It's just it, I find it hard watching these games almost. I, I don't find myself enjoying it that much because I don't know what I should be cheering for, essentially. It, it's it's such an odd situation to be in, really. Yeah, it really is really conflicting. I mean, you know, like I I, I wasn't sure how I was going to feel heading into it. But yeah, it's, it, it's like you said, I mean, it's hard to cheer one way or another. I mean, I'm, I'm not – I do cheer every time they score. I get pissed yeah. every time they get scored on. But at the end of the day, like I know – the best thing is for them to lose because there's, uh, you know, we, we, we just said it before. There, there's no way that they're going to compete and win. You know, they don't have to win four series this year. They have to win five series. Yeah. To win yeah forget about it. And that's not going to happen. So, I mean, the best thing is for them to bow out here. And I mean, worst case, they get the ninth overall pick, which, you know, is, is just another asset that they could potentially move or, or keep, you know I mean? But it, it's going to open up a lot of possibilities for them. And uh, it just, yeah, like you said, it's just it's just it's just really really conflicting, and they should lose. But and then at the same time, I want the Leafs to win because I don't want them to get a chance at the uh, uh, at Lafreniere. Like it, it it's really odd. But aside from that, though, I have kind of been enjoying. I don't feel like the the quality of the the product on the ice, like the experience watching these games, hasn't felt that much that different. Having no fans, honest. If I'm being honest. I mean, of course, it's a little weird seeing the empty stands and having kind of the fake crowd noise, which which I, I, some people are hating on the fake crowd noise. But sometimes I find myself like for a second forgetting that it's a fake crowd noise. Yeah, Overall, right. the watching these games, I think the quality of the, the the games has been has been really good. I don't know if it's just because I, I just wanted something to watch. And I'm kind of an easy crowd to please right now. But I think the hockey's been good. Like, just not just the Canadian series. Like, everything. It's just, I, I, I did not think it was going to go this well playing in, 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 the, in this pandemic. And there's a week straight of no positive cases. Everything is running smoothly. The quality on the ice is good. I don't know. I'm kind of loving it, honestly. 
Yeah, well, definitely. I mean, yeah, so like you said, I, I have been a little bit surprised by the by the quality of the hockey. I was expecting, you know, obviously after all this time off for them to just jump in like this with, with barely any prep time. I wasn't expecting great hockey, but uh, but I mean, definitely. I mean, the, the, the hockey has been great. I mean, the, I mean, the first two Canadians games so far have been really, really close games, really exciting games. Like you said, it's kind of weird a bit. I find with the with the like the fake crowd noise, but but yeah, me too. Like I I don't really even notice it after a while. But it's it's kind of I don't know. It's kind of kind of exciting in a weird way. That's like it's such a different vibe, such a different experience. It's uh, it it, it, it it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. And and I mean, like you said, I mean, no Corona cases right now. So I mean, that's that's awesome. Obviously, the NHL is doing a great job when you can compare it to you know some of the other leagues, especially the MLB. It looks like they're going to be shutting down again probably pretty soon, but uh, I mean they're doing a great job. Hopefully, hopefully it keeps up, and uh, and I mean hopefully the uh, the playoffs keeps being as exciting as it has been. I mean, if anything, this whole it's been kind of an experiment having the the NHL and NBA kind of going so well with the bubble, and then the MLB. I mean, you can say what you want about whether or not it would have been possible for the MLB to to have an, a proper bubble, considering like how many games they have to fit in there, but. It's just kind of outside of, all, of of sports. It's 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 a nice kind of experience showing that it does make a difference when people follow certain protocols and and actually guidelines. And I said it when we talked about it before. Once they got into the bubble, these these players are the safest people in the world as far as getting the virus. As long as no one breaks the bubble, they're in this contained environment where everyone gets tested, so you know if anyone's sick at all times. And it's just. The, the hockey's been great. It's like someone on the on the broadcast made a point that I don't know if this happened like 20, 25 years ago. We, I don't think the hockey be very good, right? Because the it used to be the the whole thing used to be you you'd skate yourself into shape, right? You, you'd show up to camp kind of a little out of shape. You party throughout the whole off season. That's not how it is anymore. Now players show up and they're in better shape than at the end of the year because they're they're training like crazy throughout the off season. I, I think plenty of players took the opportunity of of the COVID break to to kind of have an extra off season to train even more. And these players are just at a next level in 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 the sense of how how in good shape they are and all that. And the, the, really, the quality of play has not taken a dip uh, at all, and it actually feels like proper playoff hockey. You, you do see the difference. I don't know if you've watched any of the the round robin games, those games obviously don't have the same kind of implications because those teams aren't going to get eliminated. They're just kind of playing for for the different seating. So you're actually seeing the difference if you watch one of those games and then go and watch the the Habs and, and Pens games or any of the other kind of play-in games. It's it the playoff hockey intensity is there. You saw it when Gallagher jumped in Petrie's arms after he scored the overtime goal. And I mean, it's 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 all there. It's I can't believe we're getting this in August, but it's it's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that adds to it too, right? I mean, like sort of this weird experience. It's, it's kind of exciting too. I mean, the fact that, you know, like the other day I was watching, uh, watching the game in one of our friends' backyard, um, you know, in, in the summer, in uh, the beginning of August, you're watching, uh, you know, you're watching playoff hockey again, Canadians playoff hockey, no less. So, I mean, uh, it's definitely an exciting time. And, uh, and I mean, you know, there, there's definitely no, no complaints. I don't think anyone can complain about, about the hockey or you know how any of it has been handled and i mean it's uh, you know at the end of the day it's, it's just amazing to see hockey back again and especially to see the canadians back again but uh, i mean yeah and to see the canadians back again it's good but to go back specifically into the canadians it's it's really has been as much as there was a long break in between 
it feels like they're playing exactly the way they were playing before the break. We have exactly the same. They have exactly the same issues. Suzuki still still looks like the best player on the ice. They're getting stupid penalties. The PK seems to be the one thing that's working okay. The power play is absolutely pathetic. It, it's it's all the same thing it was before. It, it's the same struggles. It's the same team. It just I don't know why. Part of me thought it would they, they would seem different or something. But well, they're just picking up where right where they left off, which just proves to me that there's clear holes in, on this on this roster, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, at the end of the day, it's the same team, it's the same coach, right? So yeah, this you know, it's to 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 be expected, I guess. I mean, uh, obviously, you'd like to see that uh, that power play be a little bit more effective, but uh, obviously, hasn't happened. They're still as as terrible as always. But uh, I mean, definitely, the PK has been a huge. I mean, it's is really, you know, I mean, Carey Price has been probably the biggest factor. I think PK has been the PK has been a close second. I mean, well, well Carey Price is probably the biggest factor in the in the penalty kill being solid, but it's it's more than just that. I mean, Armia's look great on the PK because we Daniel is a great guy on the PK. I mean, Suzuki's a great. We have those players that are solid for the PK. Just the power plays just look kind of pathetic. You know, it it just feels like teams know exactly what the Canadians are going to do on the power play. It, well, I don't. I, I think the Canadians don't know don't know what they're doing on the power play. So I think fair that enough plays into it too. But uh, yeah, I mean, everyone on the PK, like like you meant, all, all the names you mentioned. I mean, Byron Lekin and everyone's been amazing on the PK. But uh, yeah, I mean, they have to. They they really have to figure it out on the power play. Because I mean, uh, I mean, it's, yeah, to to have any success against the Penguins, against any other team that they're going to face in the future, that you know the PKs. Or the, the power play is obviously going to have to be a whole lot better. They're going to have to capitalize on on the opportunities that they have, and hopefully not take as many stupid penalties as they did last night. Yeah, I mean, they they had two too many men penalties in the same period. I don't understand how that happened. I really like, like, seriously. I don't. <laughs> it's it's mind boggling, and like I don't know if this is a stupid way of thinking about it, but you would think that the fact that there's no fans would make it easier to because like communication would be easier like like uh, uh, what's going on there like what what could possibly be the excuse for this happening there's really no excuse at all no i know and i mean it's you know that's i don't know for some reason it's all it's always with, like that with clojure like, i feel like the other teams never get too many men penalties it's always the canadians though they they always seem to get them for some reason and, and like you said two in the same period like in the span of like it was like ten minutes or something. Like no, it was it was it was, was incredible. It was incredibly frustrating. It was unbelievable, honestly. When I saw it pop up, I couldn't believe that it was. Oh, that's that's the penalty again. Like Jesus, how does that happen? But I mean, uh, yeah, hopefully, and, and I mean, like you said, without the crowd noise, you would think that that would that would only help the situation, but uh, but apparently not. But <laughs> but anyway, this to me though reiterates what we're always talking about. Where I mean, we we can't because that's why going into this year, while you were being all super positive Habs fan, we're going to make the playoffs every year. I didn't think we were going to make it, and I still maintained that we did not make the playoffs despite of what's happening right now. <laughs> it, and it's, it's because we can't expect anything to change without actual change. It, it doesn't make any sense. And we, we, we came into this year with more or less the same rosters we, 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 we left last year. So it, we, we need proper change going to next season if we do want to be competitive it's it's not going to be okay to just add a guy like romanov and the usual scraps that that the the they they like to add during the off season that are supposed to like we're not going to turn anything around without kind of like a game changer trade or something and i don't know exactly what that move is but the fact that we had such a long break we have we had essentially an off season 
and to come back and it's exactly the same thing it's just the issue is the pieces that are there are are, are lacking and and the, the change needs to come from Benjamin needs to make moves I mean I don't know if Julien is still is still the right coach for the team I don't know if Given the current situation, that's even something Belgian is going to consider uh, to, to, to fire his coach. I don't even know if that's what, it, that, that's what we need, but it's clear that there's something that's not working on this team right now that needs to change. Yeah, they definitely. I mean, they're not as talented as they need to be to, uh, you know, to, to compete with some of the better teams in the division. So, I mean, I the you know, you're you're hoping that hopefully Benjamin realizes that and realizes that, you know, we we talked about it earlier. Carey Price. I mean, he's starting to get sort of to the end of his window here. And I mean, I mean that he's not the only guy either. Obviously, I mean Shea Weber is getting yeah. he's two years older than Carey Price. You guys, you got guys like Jeff Petrie. Even um, I mean, even Brendan Gallagher is starting to get a little bit older. I think he's 28, 29. So I mean, he's obviously still has quite a few years ahead of him. But I mean. But yeah. Gallagher is the type of player, the way he plays, like he, he's, he's probably not a player that's going to be one of those guys that can play at the same level into his like mid to late thirties. So, you know, like he, he might fall off a bit quicker. I mean, I, you hope not, but he, he's not exactly someone that's super careful with his body on the ice, right? He just puts it all on the line. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it really like, the, you know, you, you hope in this off season when, whenever we, when we get to the off season that, that Benjamin will realize that, you know, it's time to make that move. I mean, it's it's something that he seems to have been hesitant with in the past. He's never really seemed to want to pull pull the trigger. I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's not fair. He obviously did trade Max Pacioretty. Obviously made the trade to get Drouin that, uh, that hasn't quite worked out. But uh, I mean, in general, Bergevin has made some trades that seem to be when the only one is really the Drouin for Sergachev trade. Uh, honestly, because the thing is, is if you look at it right now. No one's going to convince me the team wouldn't be better if we could just reverse that trade right now. I mean, yeah. it, it, it's easy to, 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 to say there's a lot of other things that could have changed if that trade never happened, obviously. But moving a guy like Drouin to go get a guy like Sergachev is literally exactly what this, need, this team needs to do to kind of take that next step. I mean, that would be an amazing – and what might end up happening is we are going to move Drouin anyways and end up getting a lesser defenseman than Sergachev, considering, like, player value and all that. that. That's what might happen, I think. Yeah, well, definitely. I mean, you, you got to figure – Drouin right now, I mean, unless he, he really picks it up here, at, you know, in the playoffs, you know, well, I mean, basically in the last couple of games here that uh, the Canadians might have in the playoffs, you know, his 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 value is pretty low, as, as low as it's probably ever been. So it's going to be hard to get – the kind of player that they need. I mean, Max Domi probably makes a little bit more sense to trade uh, to trade him, unfortunately, but uh, cause just because his value is probably yeah. a little bit higher. But uh, but yeah, no, I mean, uh, you're right. I mean, obviously, Sergachev would. Uh, it'd be nice to have him now, but I mean, the reality is he's he's with the Tampa Bay Lightning, right? So. Of course, of course. And now we're we're all hoping uh, Romanov is going to be the savior, and that's probably just too much putting too much pressure. Uh, on uh, on his uh, shoulders, but speaking of Romanov, he he made the trip. He's with the team now, which in and of itself, considering he is you know a Russian player who was playing in the KHL, we've always said that that was that's always a worry. But now he's officially he's he's there. He can't play, but he's there. Showed up in his absolutely wonderful panda uh, shirt. I mean, right away, I think he won over tons of fans. I, I just I just love it that he decided to put that on for his first impression with. His, his new NHL team. Just, I feel like it says a lot about the kind of character he might have, you know? 
Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, that's 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 what you'd like to see, you know, a guy with a little bit of personality. I mean, we've seen it in the past, too, when he was at the World Juniors and stuff like that. He always seems to uh, to have a smile on his face and to, to have a pretty good outgoing personality. Um, so, I mean, I, I think he's definitely going to be a fan favorite. And I don't, I think expectations are probably a little bit too high for him at this point. Uh, you know, if, if people are expecting him to step in and, and you know, play on the, on the top pairing with Shea Weber right off the bat, uh, you're probably going to be disappointed. Um, but here's the thing, though. He might still end up being the best left-handed defenseman the team has going into next year, <laughs> depending if on any moves happen, you know? He, uh, well, yeah, yeah. At worst, he'd be uh, kind of number two behind Sherratt. I mean, I don't want to take anything away from Mete or, or like Kulak has had his moments and all that, but I don't think it's going to take him very long to surpass those types of players. No, no, that, that that's true. That's true. I mean, I definitely, you know, it's 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 going to be an adjustment period. He's he's not going to, uh, you know, to to set the league on fire next season. But I mean, he, he's definitely got potential. Uh, you know, a lot of potential. I mean, he's like I said, it's going to be an adjustment period. But uh, he's uh, he it's it's going to be an exciting reason to watch the Canadians next season for sure. Uh, de- definitely. I mean, it's, it'll be exciting uh, when uh, when the play comes back. Regardless, I mean, you got to think. Assuming we do lose, end up losing this series, I mean, the, the camp will be excited for whether it is we get the first overall pick or the ninth pick. It's just if the Canadians do end up being eliminated here, like like how we expect is going to happen the next couple of days, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough having to go already right away into kind of another off season after we just went through one, and then it's not gonna be till what maybe November is gonna be camp. I would I would I would think. It's like we're gonna have two off seasons with a with a tiny little teaser of a uh, of a taste of, of Canadians hockey in, in the middle there. It's gonna, it's gonna feel like a long time between hockey, basically. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. But I mean, at least we'll still have some playoff hockey for the next like two months or so. It's not but, the same. Uh, it's not the same with no, the Canadians. No, 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 for sure. It's not gonna be the same without the Canadians. But uh, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, they've won one against the uh, against the Penguins so far, but. Uh, it's so what do you think? Are you are you kind of confident in the fact they're not gonna pass the get past the Penguins? Like, do you think the first one is just a fluke? Like uh, how how do you see these next two games playing out? Well, last week on the podcast, I said the Canadians were gonna win the first game, so props yeah. to me. I also said they were gonna win two of the first three, so they won one out of two. So hopefully they win tomorrow. Uh, but that they would ultimately, you know, the the Penguins would finally adjust and settle in and win the series in five. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with that. Right, okay, I don't I don't I don't believe that. I I think they're gonna lose the next two. I think that I'm not that surprised that surprised. I mean, I wasn't on the podcast last week, so I didn't make a prediction. But I I don't think it's that crazy to to, to think that I would have been more surprised if they got swept, honestly, than them taking uh, at least one game. The fact that they took the first game it makes a lot of sense. I mean. A lot of the lower-seeded teams that ended up taking the first game, I mean, it's so random. As random as playoff hockey can be, this is the most random of any playoff hockey we've ever had. But now I feel like the Penguins kind of turned it on. Crosby scored some nice goal, uh, some nice goals, and Game 2 was kind of, it was probably going to be end up being Carey Price's best performance. When you think about it, he can't really play much better than he did, and the Canadians still lost. So yeah. that to me tells me it shows me that this team is definitely outclass, and that the P- Pittsburgh Penguins are not going to want to kind of play with fire here and and allow the the possibility of having to play games where they can be on the brink of elimination. So I I see the Penguins 
fairly easily uh, winning the uh, the the next two uh, the next two games and eliminating the the Canadians. And uh, at the end of the day, I mean, I think we both agree that that's for the best. So it, it is what it, if they do end up winning, if the Canadians were to upset them and and win the series, I mean, it, it'd be weird because part of me in the moment would be kind of disappointed because now it confirms we don't get uh, Lafreniere or the ninth uh, overall pick. But then we'd get to watch hockey where we're not conflicted and there's no reason not to cheer for them. And then we can just properly cheer for the Canadians in playoff hockey. So, I mean, th- that in and of itself would be pretty exciting. But at the end of the day, I, I think it's just for the best if they just if this, just end this quicker, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, Pittsburgh, I, I thought that... Uh, the the reason that I that I originally said the Canadians were going to come out win the first game and win two out of the first three I th- I thought Pittsburgh being sort of an uh, an older team the Canadians being a younger team I thought maybe the Canadians would catch them off guard which I definitely don't think has been the case the Penguins have definitely outplayed them in the first two games and yeah. and really the only reason that the Canadian the, the Canadians were close in the first two games and won the first game was because of Carey Price um, I don't know that he's going to be able to continue to pull a hat out of his or a bat or, or whatever the hell the expression is, rabbit out of the hat the next couple of games but uh but i mean we'll see i'm, I'm uh you know i'm never gonna bet against carrie price we'll see um we'll see what happens i don't think he's gonna make it easy on them I, the, the, honestly watching price in the last game it was almost difficult it was because you could tell you could tell you could feel it he wants it he wants it so bad he could not care less about the Canadians draft pick which is what we expect right from from the players it's what we want to see but it you could almost feel the frustration, like after he allowed the second goal to uh, was it was it Zucker or or wh- whoever scored the the second goal for uh for uh the Penguins, he basically had no chance on that. It was, it was a great, perfectly played two on one, and it would have been a miracle save. You could see how frustrated, like it's like he's done everything so far in that game and that pretty much sealed it at that point. Then Kotkaniemi brought it within one and you could see him on the bench. Price was leading in. He wants to win. He wants to be able to, 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 to compete. And I'm seeing it more from him really than I, I, than I've ever seen since he's been with, uh, with, with the Canadians. And I really hope this team can, can ice a competitive team in front of him in the next couple of years. Yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely. I mean, you like to see that from from your goaltender. I mean, from, from you know, basically from your star player. Yeah. I mean, it's it's got to be frustrating, you know. I mean, he played an amazing game. I mean, you know, the the, the Canadians should have. I mean, considering his performance, they should have won. Um, but yeah, it's it's frustrating when you play that well and your team just can't seem to score. Yeah. And uh, you know, and then that effort at the end of the day is is all for naught. But I mean, hopefully. Uh, now, hopefully they'll be able to battle a little bit better. I don't think the Canadians played their best game last uh, last night. Hopefully they'll be able to be a little bit better in the rest of the series. And like you said, hopefully they'll be able to to ice a, a competitive team that can hopefully make you know a solid run in the next uh, in the next year or two. All right, so so we'll see what happens. So you're you're, you're sticking then to the the Penguins in five, right? That's right. I, th- I think I think it's going to be in four, but uh, well, well, we'll see what what happens. I, honestly, I just want to see the kids continue to play well, get a couple more goals from Suzuki and Kutkiniemi, and I'll be happy. That's all I need. Yeah, I agree with that. And and like I said, hopefully, you know, give guys like Paling and especially Evans and Juleson and maybe even Flurry, you know, give them their shot and see, you know, give them give them a bit of playoff hockey, see that see what they can do. See, if they I'd love to see that. Like I'd love to see that too. Yeah, yeah. I, I, absolutely. I, I see no reason why not. And honestly, I think that even if we were trying to win, 
if we were on on team like there there is no possibility left Like you know, let's say that 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 uh, a, a team that that's currently fighting for a playoff spot didn't win the first overall pick, and we just wanted to win. I still think we'd want those players to play. I think we'd be a better team if you took out the the kind of slower veterans that really are fringe NHLers at this point. And just put in the kids that have proven this year that they can see. Like you said, especially Evans, he had earned his spot by the end of the year. And now all of a sudden, like it must be frustrating for him to to kind of feel like, oh, I guess it didn't mean anything when I what I did during the season before everything happened. You know? Yeah, definitely. I mean, if if you move Domi up to up to the second line on the wing and <laughs> and Drouet ends up going down to the fourth line, if you put him with you know Evans and Palin can both play center. Why not play him with those two guys? That'll potentially light a fire under Drouet, and he's going to be playing with two guys that are going to be obviously extremely motivated and going to be playing with a lot of energy. And you know, hopefully that'll rub off on Drouet a little bit. And and I mean, I think you know that that could potentially. I mean, Evans and and Paling, they're not guys that are going to score twenty or twenty five goals in the NHL, but they're they're guys that could potentially put a couple of goals in the back of the net, at least more so than Weiss and Wheel, in my opinion. So absolutely, why not? Why not? So hopefully we, we get some news from Gian on that and we see some changes. But uh, that'll do it uh, for uh, for this week's uh, episode. We'll, we'll definitely be back next week. And by the time we record the the next episode, we'll we'll know what will happen. So we're either going to be previewing the, uh, the, the official first round matchup for the Canadians or I guess just recapping the, the season that was for, uh, for, for Montreal. So we'll, we'll be back next week around the same time Monday or, or Tuesday. And uh, that covers it for today. Thanks, thank you for uh, for listening. And as always, follow us on Twitter at the Habs Forum, and feel free to shoot us a few questions before the next episode. We'd be happy to address them. <laughs>